lady killers. Qu'est-ce que c'est? Sorry, it's been a while. There's been a pandemic on. Uh, I'm Eleanor. I use she, her, or they, them pronouns. Uh, I'm Joey. I use they, them pronouns. I was thinking, like, before we started recording, I was like, oh, what have I done since we last recorded? Because it's been, like, a very long time. And I forgot that I, like, made a show and, like, did all of this stuff. But my, my main thing that I thought was, like, I've got curtains now. <laughs> like, in my hair, not in my windows. Yeah, you've done loads of stuff. I've not done very much. I've just got a Nintendo Switch, like nine months after everyone else and I've got really obsessed with uh, Tetris 99 so I just think that's just going to be my life now hopefully I'll get really good tell everyone what's your what your best score was so if anyone doesn't know what Tetris 99 is like I so I basically have never had a games console before but I had a few like PC games growing up and one of those was Tetris so I did used to play a lot of Tetris growing up and I was always pretty good I thought and then there's this Tetris on the Nintendo Switch where you can play against 99 other people but everyone's really good and like it's when I was first starting I was like coming last and also because the controls are different from like when I used to play on a PC with this yeah you play against 19 other people you can like send bricks to them I still can't quite understand how that works that seems complicated (laughs) like now after playing it for a few days I am on average coming like around about 60 something out of 99 once by fluke I came 16th and now it's just like, well, that's the rest of my life gone because it was like the third time I played it as well. So you peaked as a Tetris player. I think it was because I was like, oh, I'm doing a little bit better this time. I've got I've got a hang of the trolls now. And then I was like, oh, I came 16th. I guess I'll just keep coming 16th now. And then the next time I was like 60th again. I think I just came 40th. And like, because the games are so quick as well, it's like very good at getting you to be like, well, I'll just play another game because it's like a minute. Yeah. When I was in college, when I was like 17, we had Tetris on our online learning environment. Oh my God, that's crazy. And it was like, and it had like internally, like in our class, had like a ranking, like a high score system. Oh so God. we all we did was just play Tetris on this online learning environment. We got Why nothing did they done. Do that? I have no idea. I mean, I genuinely think that like playing Tetris a lot growing up has made me like really good at like packing a car and stuff like that like it's made me very good at that like for my spatial awareness so I don't think I don't know I feel like I'm also really getting over like the sort of like 90s upbringing attitude that like playing games is like without value and I think it's pretty widely understood now that that is not the case and there's a lot to be got from gaming and also like it's really amazing to me how creative games are and it's really exciting to me to be coming at it as someone who knows very 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 little about gaming there's so many like indie games that you can get for under a tenner on the switch and like i just have such an unjaded like entry point into it i've just been looking at like lists of the top 20 indie games this year being like well that's 90p at the moment so i guess i'll get it that's quite exciting but it's also just like trying to get over the thing of like oh i'm using all this time i've got so many unfinished knitting projects I haven't played bass for like six months or whatever. Sometimes when I'm at home, if I'm reading a book on my phone, then my dad will be like, why don't you go outside? But if I read a book that's like a physical book, he never says that because like that is good. So there's this thing of like, yeah, not even like about like the game itself. It's just like if something is digital, it is unwholesome. But I think it's a generational thing because I was talking to my dad about it because also like... I've just got a TV for basically it's the first time I've had a TV since I left home, which was 2006 or seven. So like a long time ago. And then I've also just because I'm at home a lot and also because I've been working at like my partner Ben's house quite a lot and like quite often like the TV will be on there like in the background. I've just started watching like bits of daytime TV and I I just applied to go on the chase as well. I'm like obsessed with the chase because I think that kind of selection of general knowledge they use seems to be particularly like designed to the specific general knowledge that I have so I do quite well with the questions on the chase. What kind of questions do they ask? I mean it's general knowledge this is the thing general knowledge but there's different flavors of general knowledge it's interesting I used to do the Guardian crosswords a lot years ago in a a job I'd always just do the Guardian crossword every day because I could get away with it at work and I found there were some particular crossword setters that I found infinitely easier than others 
And it's obviously just something... We just thought about things in the same way. Yeah. And maybe had, like, or were of a similar age and, like, a similar sort of, like... Set of references. or, like, background. Yeah, it's just, it's just that, like, I think. But I was... Anyway very long story i was just talking to my dad about it and like saying oh you know like i started watching a bit of daytime tv now incidentally the ratings of like these like kind of afternoon quizzes are like massive at the moment because so many people are working from home or like finishing work at five and don't have to commute so they can like watch the chase now uh apparently like the the ratings have shot through the roof so it's five o'clock like prime time now yeah it's basically yeah yeah i've showed my dad and my dad was just like oh yeah it's kind of a generational thing like you know there was this belief that television is bad for you and i think that's sort of changed to an extent you know like i was very much brought up with kind of you were allowed to watch like a certain amount of day i feel like now it's like your phone is bad for you but everything else is fine don't worry about it. So yeah, that's my my take on my media consumption, basically. <laughs> Legit. Um, yeah. Do you want to hear my very exciting post-Rona update? Can you taste now? Uh, no. I mean, I can taste some things. Oh. But I've entered a new phase of my whole lack of smell and taste. That, yeah. In that now everything tastes like coriander. Ooh. Including toothpaste, red wine, coriander, yogurt, <laughs> coconut... And like probably loads of other things just all taste like coriander. So luckily I really like coriander, but it's getting like That's a bit so much. That's weird. I've got, I'm having a test tomorrow, another one. Oh yeah. For my, because I'm going to hospital, so I've got to go and have a test tomorrow. Which will be my first professionally administered COVID test. I've actually done like four. Have you DIY'd them? Yeah, because the reason I've done them is because I'm part of this scientific trial which is kind of trying to come up with like a digital test and they seem to be doing a thing where if you have any symptoms of any illness for more than about 24 hours it seems they will offer you a test and then you just have to log your results so through that I've had four tests since the summer but they've all been negative they were like oh you have to either because like basically once you've been tested like you have to make sure you don't then get it if you've come by public transport, you have to get a taxi home. You can't walk. And I'm, like, going to walk there. I guess it depends on how far away you live. Yeah, I mean, I do live over an hour's walk. I live, like, an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and a half walk away. So I don't live particularly close. You're, like, the world walking champion. I am the, the world walking champion, it is true. <laughs> um... I always think that sometimes when I'm like, I feel really lazy and it's like, oh, it's like half an hour away. Can I be fucked to walk? And I'm like, Eleanor would walk it. <laughs> yeah, I am quite good at walking. I just like walking. Should we do one yeah. of our features? Oh yeah, what are our features? I've completely <laughs> forgotten all our features. Beauty product. Beauty product of the month. Beauty product oh, of the I month. Oh, I think I had one. Oh, I've got a good like bargain one, actually. Yeah. Boots Hyaluronic Moisturiser. It's like a fiver because I'm unemployed at the moment because I'd got really into that French moisturiser that I can never remember the name of and it's like Ombre 20 quid, and I was just like, yeah, it's just like I can't fucking justify it in the moment. So I've been getting this Boots Hyaluronic one. It's really good. Would recommend. It's a fiver. Legit. I'm going to go see what my beauty product is so I can't remember it's sample beauty um and it's just pigment and it's not Ooh. particularly advanced or anything you know sometimes you get like a pot of pigment and it looks really nice in the pot and then you put it on and it doesn't look the same yeah but it's just like i feel like the sample beauty ones they just look the way that they look in the pot just really nice colours. They have one that's like a really, really fine pigment that's like green, but has it has a gold shift to it. Ooh, nice. And it makes me feel like, you know, have you seen the, the Love Witch? Yes, I've seen most of it. There's a knitting pattern for like a sweater that's like a sweater she wears that I really want to make. Oh my God, you should. That With film is big sleeves. amazing to look at. It's... I need to finish it, actually. I think I got a little bit like how I get now, which kind of annoys me that I'm like this, where I'm just like, oh, it's just, it looks great, but there's nothing going on, which is how I feel about like American Horror Story and a lot of things. And it's like, it really annoys me that I can't just enjoy those things anymore. I'm just like, oh, there's nothing going on. It just looks good. Maybe I need to watch it again. Uh, I didn't watch the whole thing. But yeah, but it is very aesthetic. But yeah, she has like really good makeup. And there's, so there's one shade that I got from them. Like a sort of like turquoisey green. 
but with a gold oh, shimmer. Yeah, I think I know it. I know what you mean. Yeah, from the Love Witch. And it's. I got a very impaired. good mask-proof lipstick actually. So I just around Halloween, I was just like, I hadn't been to TK Maxx for so long, and I was just like, I want to go and buy makeup from TK Maxx. So I went and got makeup from TK Maxx, and I got. It's a lime crime lipstick. I think lime crime are like have been outed as being shit, but it was from TK Maxx. Uh, and it's the plushies, which are their sort of like less or like more sheer lipsticks. I think I am on record as being very glad that the uh, 2016 to 17 liquid lipstick boom is over because they're just so drying. But this one is nice because it's not so drying and it stays really well with a mask and it's not like that intense like liquid lipstick opaque like horrible drying colour. And I'd sort of been looking at the Lime Crime plushies so and I've just thought, oh, they're so expensive. But this was like a fiver and now it's my favourite lipstick, so. Nice. Uh, yeah, so that's my beauty product. Oh, I also panic bought, there was some Topshop eyeshadow that I bought like years ago that I still have because eyeshadow lasts forever. I won't hear anything otherwise. Yeah. But I was like, and it's like this really amazing hologra- holographic eyeshadow and I was like, oh fuck, Topshop's going bust. I should buy some more of it. Yeah. I mean, I had like t- a third at least of the pot left and I got it probably in 2016. I was just like, fuck it, I need another one. Anyone who tells me that's gone up, I'm just like, it's a fucking dry powder. Like, I have sensitive eyes. Like, I would know if it was causing me issues. Yeah, I agree. I think that stuff is like overrated. <laughs> it's just like, who's telling you to throw throw stuff out after three months the beauty pr industry who are the beauty pr industry in the pocket of the beauty industry what is the beauty industry's goal sell more beauty products just smell it and look at it if yeah, it looks same as weird food. smell it and look at it yeah i cannot think of anything where that advice isn't the case yeah i think expiration dates are like they are like i'm funny about it with food but it's like, but I'm only funny about it because I have anxiety. Like, I don't actually believe that it's true. It's just that, like, I get anxious if I drink milk that's, like, 20 seconds over. You, but milk you can smell as well. And I can't, see. that's the thing. But you can see because it starts to separate. And also, when it separates, like, it's not going to poison you. It's just going to be sour. And then yeah. you can separate it and use the butter milk. I mean, I had some yogurts that I've been got out of a skip the other day. And I was like, well, yogurt is literally just off anyway yeah it's fine it's fine like you know just use your initiative the one thing i'm slightly nervous about is bread mold only because i'm allergic to penicillin and bread mold is apparently penicillin but i mean i had some bread that had a bit of mold on yesterday and i cut it off and toasted it and i was like well that will kill the spores no doubt like obviously like there's some people who maybe like have more sensitive immune systems or who are immunocompromised for which this isn't the case but i think on the whole just like smell it like this is like riveting content it's like what is the most gone off thing you've ever eaten oh that's a great question like dad's house would always have like really old like tins and jars and stuff that would be fine oh yeah i've Uh, definitely had like that's i don't even know what it's called but it's like my grandma used to make it every autumn and if you just put like some fruit in a massive jar and then you pour loads of rum over it and then... A rum tough. Yeah, and you just have that on ice cream and stuff. I really want to make that. It's great. And I've had I've had some of that that was probably like 30 years old. It was fine. It was great. Oh my God, amazing. I did find when I moved back into my flat after I moved out for a bit, I found a sweet on the floor. It was wrapped and I ate it. <laughs> Which, like, I don't... I mean, I have a vague idea, you know. There's only one person who could have left it, probably. Yeah. But I was just like, well, I'm eat- this is a, sw- a wrapped sweet. Well, I think it was, like, behind the bookshelf. Because I, like, dropped something behind my bookshelf and moved it. It's, like, quite a big bookshelf that doesn't get moved. And I was like, well, I'm not throwing it away. <laughs> I think it was maybe last Christmas or the Christmas before. I was home and it was, like, everything was shut and I really wanted to smoke cigarettes. And then I found a pack. From literally 2006. That is more gross than the eating gone of food. Absolutely. And I smoked it and it was very dry. And I know that it was in 2006 because it was Lucky Strikes and I stopped smoking that, like that specific year because I had a bad experience. What was the bad experience? We were like at this party and we were all inside. And then I was like, I can't be fucked with everyone. I'm going to go away. And then I was like chain smoking in the toilet, which was like, didn't have a window. Oh my God, you hot box the toilet. I was basically like hot boxing Lucky Strikes and then was sick. So then I was like, I don't want to, like, it reminds me, I'm like, I have to change brands now. 
Which was very inconvenient because in, in Oslo in uh, the mid-2000s, there was like one place that you could go. Uh, so you went in there and they didn't give a shit how old you were. You could be like 10 years old. And you came in, you were like, hey, um, do you have any lucky strikes? And they'd be like, yeah, 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 that's like five million pounds or whatever. And they'd get you some from like the t- from the proper shelf. And then you'd be like, um, do you have anything uh, a bit cheaper? And then they'd go under the counter and get the same ones, but they had like this is addictive, blah, 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 was all written in Polish. And they were like half the price. Yeah. That place is great. I've thought about starting to smoke just because I'm so bored. Just for something to do. Yeah, I miss it. Yeah. I miss it. But I think I don't really want to smoke. I just miss parties. Yeah. And I miss like having a cigarette at a party. I miss the smoking area so much. The smoking area is my favourite. Sometimes I can't sleep because I miss parties so much. And I, I've, I get really paranoid that after this, no one's, everyone's going to be like, oh, I've actually grown up out of going to parties now. I'm going to settle down. And I'm just like, no, I'm going to go completely the opposite way. No, all I want, I'm, like, I'm planning so many parties. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have like a karaoke party at my house. I'm going to have an orgy. I'm going to do this. Blah, blah, blah. It's going to be great. Um, I want to have karaoke and have someone scream in my face as soon as... I just keep on planning, like, disgusting parties. Like, we're all going to drink out of a vat with our faces. I mean, we're all going to get ill with so many other viruses after this. But I'm but... fine with that. So I've started planning another... This is not the orgy. That's a separate party. Um, This is a specific party, uh, which is the spit in my mouth party. <laughs> Can I come? Yeah, well, but you have to spit in my mouth. That's, like, yeah. the entry price. <laughs> Because I just think it will feel so illicit and so good. <laughs> so is everyone going to spit in everyone's mouth or just in your mouth? Uh, I think anyone else's mouth is like optional. But you have to spit <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> How many people are going to come? Uh, as many people as want to spit in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I tell you? I don't know. Maybe I'll cut this. But I mean, this podcast relevant because we always end up being the piss podcast. Yeah. Uh, Misha sent me, like, I think it's like the oldest porn that exists or something. It's like super, super old. Um, and <laughs> he sent it to me and was like, oh, this made me think of you. And I was like, oh, I wonder why. And it's like, because there's piss in it. <laughs> what is it? What is the oldest porn? It's just like people fucking in old timey ways and pissing. What are the old timey ways? Loads of like dicks coming towards you like a train. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Everyone ducking. <laughs> Oh my god, that's what the parties are going to be like after oh, this. Oh, it's going to be so good. Just going to be ducking dicks. <laughs> Choo-choo. Uh, I feel like that's the funniest thing you've ever said. <laughs> oh, I want to watch the old porn. Oh, I'll send it to you. Thank you. I love old porn. And maybe I've already seen it because I went to the sex museum in Amsterdam and I feel like it's the kind of thing they would have. Uh, one thing I really didn't like about the Amsterdam one is that they showed Paris Hilton's sex tape oh really oh my god i only started watching it because my connection to youtube kept dropping out of my tv but have you heard slash seen the paris hilton documentary no oh my god so it looks really amazing so basically it's her being like she went to this really abusive boarding school basically yeah and she was like yeah basically like it's all an act like you know i was acting the whole time that's so interesting there's a bit on it where because you know she was on that show the simple life with yeah Nicole Richie, i love that shit where where she's like saying she doesn't know how to clean and apparently like one of her schoolmates is like oh i knew you were acting because like we used to have to like scrub the toilets at school with like toothbrushes and stuff oh shit um, i've got a comic sans watch yeah then my partner got me some gold comic sans letter set oh very cute it's very cute uh that i've been making like christmas labels with but i've run out of because it's unbranded letter set they haven't done the thing that like branded letter sets does where they give you like more of the letters you need more yeah and so i've run out of all the vowels now like i had to make it like an e out of a b or like an a out of a b or something <laughs> so a jar of mincemeat that was like in capitals and was just like mincemeat <laughs> and run out of the lowercase vowels yeah should we do the murder should we do the murder okay so uh i need to do a content warning for like really bad childhood sexual abuse and also like like hor- horrible mutilation of like a pregnant person yeah, this one's pretty grim. It's pretty pretty bad. This takes place in... The murder takes place in Skidmore, Missouri. So I watched a bit of a documentary that's about Skidmore, Missouri. And Skidmore is like a tiny town. I mean, it says town, but it's like a village because it has a population of like 250 people. 
So crime is statistically low, but for its size, there's been a lot of horrific murders. The murder that we're talking about took place there. However, as I think will become apparent, it's almost quite random that it took place there. I watched a bit of this documentary called No One Saw a Thing. I It seems like it was trying to be like the This American Life podcast S-Town kind of vibe, linking these sort of like four incredibly sort of violent things that happened together. I do think that there is evidence for the other three murders that happened there being connected and that it's almost coincidental that this one happened at the same time. I am just going to talk about it though just because I just thought it was interesting and sort of I started watching this documentary because it talked about um, Bobby Jost in it, who uh, was the murder victim, and uh, Lisa Marie Montgomery, who's the murderer. And then, so I'm just going to sort of give this as a little bit of background information, even though, well, I think it's very obvious that Lisa Marie Montgomery's actions are not connected to the sort of like violent aura of the town. So um, in the 60s and 70s, this guy called Ken McElroy seemed to sort of rule the town uh like really i mean it says in this article like literally raping and pillaging the town he, he stole from a lot of local people had multiple wives at once you know it was just like and all his wives were like 13 he was seems like a fucking oh, really? piece of work I didn't know yeah that. yeah and like was had like a mob connected lawyer and like basically you couldn't you couldn't take him down mm. So 50 local citizens surrounded him in the centre of town and he was, like, shot several times. No one could or would say who fired the trigger and no one ever has spoken about who did it. So it's a sort of vigilante killing of him, which no one... Everyone's just stuck together, basically, and, like, refused to, to name anyone. It seems to have kind of really stuck in the consciousness of the town. I mean, you know, that's, like... A fifth of the town's population, not a fifth, a twin. Well, yeah, one fifth. It is a fifth of the town's population was involved in this. I mean, can you imagine? And like, so 20 years later, uh, so this would have happened in about 1980, 20 years later in the year 2000, uh, Wendy Gillenwater was brutally killed by her boyfriend. It was reported that she was stomped to death, which is horrific, but there's also internet sleuths suggesting that she was actually dragged around hanging from a car uh, and her killer Greg DeGru serving life in jail then in 2001 this guy Branson Perry who uh, who is the cousin of Bobby Joe Stinnett who we're going to be talking about later just disappeared so he went to like put something in his shed for his dad who I think was like coming back from hospital and just disappeared and no one knows where he was. No one saw anything. Uh, there were no clues. It's so in this documentary, which there was some suggestion that he was involved in meth, so that he could have been cooking meth, or he could have got in trouble with dealers or whatever. Uh, so that might have been what happened. Uh, his dad also apparently said a few weeks before he'd been uh, drugged and assaulted by a neighbour, a uh, Jason Beerman. So perhaps he was just like, I want to get the fuck out of this town. There's also apparently other conspiracy theories involving Jack Wayne Roberts, uh, who was like uh, some sort of like uh, minister who was kind of like condemned on child pornography charges and stuff. Mm. So basically no one's ever found out what happened to this guy who went missing in 2001. Everyone seems kind of convinced that all these events are somehow connected and there's this sort of like violence that perpetuates violence in the town and then we have bobby joe stennett who was murdered uh brutally on the 16th of december 2004 so bobby joe stennett was 23 years old she was um pregnant eight months pregnant she had a partner and she bred uh rat terriers which are a little bit like jack russell's but sort of a bit bigger and it's an american dog but they're quite similar um, and competed in dog shows and stuff. Um, I'm googling a pictures of rat terriers now. So I actually watched a YouTube. Oh my god, they're so cute! Which compared rat terriers to Jack Russells. Yeah. Which was obviously by someone who massively preferred rat terriers, uh, which was quite funny. It was one of those, you know, when you think like, did a rat terrier write this? Yeah, yeah. It was totally like, was a rat terrier? Did a rat terrier make this? She ran a website called Ratter Chatter. Yeah, Ratter Chatter. I just can't get over the name of that. 
That sounds so nasty. Heard you got ratter chattered. Um, Slide into your DMs and ratter chatter. Oh, <laughs> so disgusting. And it's thought that he had possibly been in dog show. In fact, it's almost certain that he had been in dog shows with Lethal Montgomery because there's actually a photo of them together holding their rat terriers. Now, Lisa Montgomery lived in Melbourne, Kansas, which is about a two and a half hour drive away. So it's quite quite a way away. I mean, not for Americans, um, though. They think like a five hour drive is true. like nothing. That is true, actually. You're right. They're crazy. Now, Lisa Montgomery had a really tough life. So at this point, she was, I believe, in her late 30s. Uh, but she basically faced kind of abuse throughout her entire life. So when she was born, her mother's partner, her father, had a daughter from another marriage. So she was brought up with her stepsister, who would sort of take the brunt of the abuse. Uh, both parents were were physically abusive. The father then began sexually abusing her older sister. The older sister is Diane Mattingly. So Diane was being, you know, like really horrific things like was being like raped when Lisa was kind of next to her in bed and stuff. God. Then Lisa's mother split up from her partner. And at this point, Diane was taken into care and got a really nice foster family. And, you know, she said like, it's been really difficult, but she's, you know, she's got over what happened because she got out. Yeah, because but she Lisa, like got sort of kind of shown that this isn't normal and and like got out at a young enough age. Mm. Lisa, however, didn't. And after this, I'm just trying to work out whether this was another partner because the mum had a lot of partners, and yeah, she was also a heavy drinker. It's thought that the Lisa was potentially born with uh, fetal alcohol syndrome as well because her mother drank a lot during pregnancy, and so after her older sister left there was really sort of no one to protect her and no one to sort of take the beating mm. and she began to be sexually abused i believe by her mother's new partner and they were sort of moved to a really rural trailer park the husband even built a little shed to like abuse her and she was like abused by multiple friends her mother was clearly aware of this because in a divorce proceeding her mother admitted that she'd seen her partner raping lisa Apparently the court sort of reprimanded her for not telling anyone, but didn't do anything either. They just left her there. And so, so she's left gross. with this really abusive mother who's basically... And I've seen some places say that like that she blamed Lisa for it, was like really violent to her because God. of this. It's just horrific. Yeah, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, I'm not going to go into like, complete details, but it seems like completely horrific. When she was uh, 18, her mother kind of uh, suggested that she marry her stepbrother so oh i didn't realize the mum had anything to do with that apparently yeah well i've read that in a few places Mm. uh who was also abusive to her she had four children in quite quick succession and then she was given a coercive sterilization so the kind of non-reversible kind without her consent as her mental health was diminishing apparently you know like at this time and afterwards, she was drinking a lot. She was very erratic. It was obvious that she was kind of suffering with a, a lot of really difficult kind of mental health problems as a result of this abuse, as a result of potentially of kind of brain damage, also a result of a genetic predisposition. Apparently, there was kind of a big history as well of... Like loads of different types of mental illness. Yeah, so she was really, you know, completely struggling at this point. Uh, it seems that she had faked pregnancies sort of after the time that she was sterilized and obviously this was you know some form of reaction against kind of everything that was going on she had another husband who apparently was also abusive when we get to 2004 she has four children she's faking another pregnancy and her first husband gets in touch to say that he is going to claim custody of two of her children and that he knows she's faking a pregnancy. He can prove that she's sterilised and that he's going to use that against her in court to, you know, argue that she's not a fit parent, essentially. Yeah. You know, it, it seems like she was, you know, in a really, really bad state already at this time and this sort of pushed over the edge. So she may or may not have had some contact with Bobby, 
you know, as I said, there was this photo of them at this dog show together. It's sort of a group photo, but they're both there. Lisa was, yeah, as I said, also a dog breeder. So I guess they were in similar circles. And he could see on Bobby's website that she was pregnant because there were recent photos of her. So obviously pregnant. He started talking to her using a fake name. Darlene Fisher. Darlene Fisher is such an American name. Yeah. And her username on Ratterchatter was Fisher for, like the number four, kids. Fisher for kids. Oh. Which is just oh. like so oh. dark and weird. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And so apparently, like, they were talking about their pregnancies. I mean, obviously, Lisa's case, the fake pregnancy. Mm. It's sort of made out in, in the Deadly Women documentary that this was like going on for ages, but it seems like it's actually just a day or two, maybe even a day. Mm. And then Lisa gets in her car to drive to meet Bobby on the pretense that he is going to buy another rat terrier. In the, in the car with her when she drives up is a birthing kit. Like a home birthing kit, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I don't quite know what that involves. So she but. had a home birthing kit, a knife and a rope in like this bag with her. So she's like... Pretty sus. Yeah. And so she says she's there to look at the puppies and they're like in the backyard, I think. And then Bobby Joe bends over to pick one of the puppies up and then Montgomery chokes her out with a rope from behind. Uh, she passes out. Uh, Lisa like stabs her in the stomach and then Bobby Joe comes to again and like so when later when she's found she has loads of blood like in under her feet and stuff and she has Lisa Montgomery's hair like strands of her hair in her hands so it seems like she fought really hard eventually Lisa Montgomery partly because she's not actually eight months pregnant so probably is has an easier time fighting chokes her again and this time Bobby Joe dies and then she performs a like an amateur cesarean section on her that she'd learn how to do from the internet. She'd like researched how to do it. Oh, really? I didn't realise that. I um, But that makes a lot of sense. It's not that easy to do, I don't think. You don't just like pop it out. Yeah, which is what, because there are loads of cases, not loads, but like there are other cases where people have tried to do this, where they've tried to kill a pregnant person and take the baby out because they don't know what they're doing like the baby doesn't survive um, yeah. probably for loads of different reasons but it's pretty dangerous pretty yeah and it said she did all the stuff like you know she cleared the airway and did all that stuff and i guess you've got to know how to do that i mean yeah uh, yeah if i had to like do an amateur cesarean i don't think i would know what to do yeah there's something you about know? like i think something also about like a mental there's different forms of mental states like I would argue that anyone who does that is like not I mean it's so like I don't want to be like you know like anyone who does this is insane that's not what I mean but I mean like you have to in a like an altered mental mental state to go through with something like that oh completely yeah I I believe that she was like dissociated or whatever but she wasn't like frantic with it she seems to have been fairly calm i mean it's interesting because apparently she described dissociating from a very young age i mean you know this isn't a rare thing but as a means of surviving the abuse yeah and kind of talked about how you know apparently as a child sort of reported like going to another place in her head which is a thing that happens it's like top three trauma responses is like yeah absolutely yeah so i guess it's sort of like she was potentially functioning in this dissociative state a lot yeah maybe even all the time or most of the time yeah so she takes the baby and like wraps it in a towel and then on the way home she like clamps the umbilical cord and cleans the baby with like wipes and stuff and then she gets to a long john silvers which is like a fast food restaurant that looks like if ryanair sold seafood it's like those (laughs) colors and so she calls him from there and is like oh, I went to Topeka to do some shopping and then suddenly went into labour just like in the middle of the shop and then had to be like rushed to the hospital to like have the kid and now I have now I have a daughter. And he comes to meet her and they like take the baby to a restaurant with them and go around to like friends' houses and stuff. But apparently when her mum heard, the mum was like, I don't believe that. Something is. Well, the mum forced the serialisation. Yeah. Obviously. So I am interested about the husband because I'm at a stage where basically I'm almost disregarding anything from the Deadly Women documentary because it's just such bullshit. Yeah. Like, the fact that like it doesn't even mention any history of abuse until it's it's slightly it's like oh she claimed to have to be have been abused in the court case you know it's like a one sentence mention and yeah as far as I'm concerned like. The crime is so horrible, but this is a story about, you know, like so many other things about a failure of like 
social care. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, completely. And of safeguarding. But like, I am interested by this this husband. Did he? Okay, we we've heard he's abusive as well. Did he believe her? Was he just stupid? Did he just not understand how having a baby works? It is true that if you're having your fifth child, it can be quite quick. Yeah, it can be but really quick. But I'm just like. I'm just like, I'm interested about whether he was just going along with it because of what she had on him or what. My reaction when watching the trashy documentary, because <laughs> they were like, how can her husband sleep next to yeah. his wife? And I'm like, I have met grown men who think that when you're in your period, you can just hold it, that you piss out of your vagina. Yeah. That when you have a baby, you pull the umbilical back in, like you're Henry the Hoover. Like, what? Cis men don't know shit about shit. That's true, yeah. So I'm not like, I don't think it's like completely out of the question that he believed her. Yeah, I mean, that's what I thought as well, whether, you know, that was that was the case. And, you know, I guess the attitude of like, oh, I don't have anything to do with that. Sort yeah. Of, sort of vibe. But in, yeah. the, in the documentary, they make it, I mean, documentary is a generous term for that that thing the reenactment let's call it but they have they have a scene where like she's on the sofa and she's like blowing her stomach out and then puts his hand on her tummy and is like oh can you feel that and he like kind of looks into the camera like uh yeah definitely Mm. like he's like too awkward to say that he didn't feel it or he doesn't want to admit that he didn't feel anything no oh another thing about that documentary which has nothing to do with the real story but just shows how trashy and bad it is is did you notice the lumpiness of Bobby Joe Stennett's, like, fake stomach in the documentary? Yeah, so lumpy. It was the lumpiest thing in the world. And there was a bit where they were like, God, I feel like I shouldn't be taking the piss, but I'm taking the piss out of the shit documentary where they were like, a monster opened the door. And it was the same time as, like, I saw the really lumpy stomach and I was like, oh, are they saying she was a monster because she was really pregnant? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if you're really pregnant, you might be like, oh, I'm like a, I'm a beast or something. Like, you know, like, jokingly, I feel like I've heard really pregnant people say that. Mm. And then the, I was like, oh, no, they mean, like, Lisa. <laughs> Montgomery was the monster, obviously. But just, like, I got really confused by the kind of correlation or the, like, overlap of, like, the hyperbolic language and the really bad fake pregnancy belly, which literally just looked like someone had put some, like, jumpers up a jumper. Yeah. Just put a, more a basketball. It looked like a lot of socks <laughs> is what it looked like. Yeah. So, back to the horrific story. Yeah. So, Bobby Joe Stinnett's body is discovered, this is so horrific, by her own yeah. mum, who comes by and sees blood... And initially is like, oh, has something happened to one of the dogs? And then sees her daughter and tries to give her CPR for ages. Which and is she like... she calls up and says it looks like her stomach's exploded. I think the 911 people were like, yeah, give her CPR. Because it's like, what else is she going to do? Like, there's nothing yeah. else. Like, I don't think that will particularly help. I could kind of imagine as well, like, if you came in and saw that kind of horrible thing, you're just like, what the fuck happens? I could imagine your brain being like, she was really pregnant, maybe her stomach exploded. Because it's like almost easier to imagine that than being like, some random fucking woman came in and like ripped out the baby. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to process that. So emergency personnel come and they say that, that she's definitely dead. The sheriff is called in. And he tries to get an Amber Alert set up for the baby. But, like, he calls up whoever, like, is in charge of Amber Alerts. And it's like, yes, this new, like, baby that wasn't even born yet is missing. And they're like, uh, no, you actually have to tell us, like, their height, their weight, their eye colour, and all of this stuff. And it's like, first of all, like, you know that it's a white baby. And it's like, they all look the same. It's like, it's probably about half a metre long. And it's probably like... Blue eyes. Bright red, dark blue eyes. Because all babies have that when they're born. Yeah. So it's like, I don't understand the problem. I think these Amber Alert people were kind of being dicks. I know, it's so stupid. It's like, literally no one could say what it looked like. Because no one had seen it. Yeah. So he, the sheriff had to call, like, the local, like, US representative... And be like, can you please, like... Talk to your guys. Yeah. Because they, they managed to put out the Amber Alert. So the cops managed to find Montgomery's IP address through this Rattachatter chatter stuff. So they find her quite quickly and go to question her. And apparently, when they find her, she's, like, in the living room holding the baby and watching the Amber Alert play on TV. Which I'm like, that's almost too, like... Yeah, it seems too convenient. First, Lisa Montgomery's, like, says the same thing that she said to her husband that she'd given birth in this women's clinic 
And she's like, oh, Kevin, can you go get my discharge papers? They're in your truck. And then he like goes to look for them, but they're obviously they're not there. So they're like, oh, okay, cool. We'll just call that woman's clinic. And then they do. And then the woman's clinic is like, yeah, no one's given birth here in like the last couple of days, because obviously this is like quite a small place. So they're like, so obviously that is impossible that that's the case. And then she changes the story again. And it's like, no, actually, um, I didn't want to tell my husband because like we've been having some financial difficulties, but actually I gave birth like just you know at home not in hospital with some friends and then the cops are like oh cool can we like call your friends to confirm and she's like no they helped me over the phone actually which when i read it i was like oh yeah yeah that makes sense because like you know like social distancing (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh yeah no that's not yeah i get that sometimes i'm like why are these people in this photo 10 years ago like touching each other yeah, it's like, oh, why are these people in this book that was written in 1919 kissing? Why are these people in this porn from, like, 1900 <laughs> spitting in each other's mouths? <laughs> but she also says she'd given birth in the kitchen and disposed of the placenta in the lake. So she has, like, a variety of different stories. Classic witch shit. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Then she gets taken to the police station and then she confesses that she did it and it does seem like with like all her different explanations and also this thing of like oh yeah my brother did it because that did come from her that was like one of her versions was that like her brother had done it it does seem like she doesn't remember the lies that she's told previously yeah because obviously there's like having a poor grip on reality and then there's being dissociated where you're just like you don't remember what you've just said like I, i think that those are those are different things um, at a pre-trial hearing, a neuropsychologist testifies that Montgomery had severe head injuries that could have damaged part of the brain that controls aggression. And this was probably caused by abuse. Yes. Some other psychiatrists testified that she had a PTSD, borderline depression, and pseudosiasis, I think is how you say that, which is uh, when people believe that they genuinely believe that they're pregnant when they're not, and they can have loads of like physical symptoms of pregnancy because they believe that they are pregnant. It makes like this hormonal response happen. Which is wild, isn't it? Which is completely wild. But her defense team, led by this guy, Frederick Duchat, Duchat, I don't know, um, who just seems like the worst possible choice. He calls himself a maverick. That's not what you want your life to call him. And has lost more trials resulting in the death penalty being handed down. And he, so so normally you have this really specific researcher and their job is very specifically to like dig into their past and find out about like their background and any trauma and any mental health stuff and any like family history and all of that stuff. They like that specifically define sort of like, this is not the correct term, but like extenuating circumstances, like to find why this happened and he he refuses to he never gets those people so he's like just like really bad at his job uh, it seems like so in the trial they discuss some of her trauma mental illness stuff because they've really focused on this like she but genuinely believed that she was pregnant thing but they don't focus on trauma at all in like they don't go like oh these are the symptoms of ptsd Mm -hmm. and like dissociation and like they don't really talk about it in that way they just go like she was nuts She had no idea what she was doing. And it's kind of like when you present to a jury that like, oh yeah, she had no idea what she was doing. They're going to be like, no, well, she obviously did. She acted like rationally, quote unquote. Yeah, she carried out complex actions. Yeah, exactly. And they're not going to respond to that. They're not going to believe that. But whereas if you like actually look at her history of trauma and like talk about what trauma does to a person... I think that would be a a much better defense, but they didn't do that. They went down, because Lisa at some point said that her brother Tommy had done it. So then her lawyer decided to just go with that, even though he had an alibi for ages up until like the last week. And then suddenly it was like, oh no, by the way, she's crazy. Yeah. Like there's no doubt that she did this. The only thing is culpability and what the sentencing should be. Like that is the question here. Like you said before, I think the family then refused to cooperate with the defense because they're going like oh yeah the brother did it like the- and also it's her family that have basically fucked her up her whole life yeah exactly so it seems like her older sister who was the one who basically got rescued didn't see her again until the court case so i don't know whether she was in the picture as a witness to her childhood but potentially not and you know she's she's the only person 
I can find in her family who's speaking out for her now. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, her family were all implicated in this this cycle of abuse, really. Yeah, so it makes sense that they wouldn't want to come forward about that. Yeah. And, yeah, so a thing that I didn't know about capital punishment in the US is that there is a very specific list of criteria for something to be classed as a capital offence. So there has to be like a murder plus this other thing. Like, obviously, I do not in any way believe in... I don't believe in prison. I don't believe in the death penalty. I think it's shit. But if you do believe in state murder and think that that makes sense, some of these kind of additional circumstances that make something a capital offence make like a kind of sense. Yeah. So like certain kind of like aggravating circumstances, like if there is also sexual abuse, if there is also a kidnapping, then it makes it like that's a worse crime than just doing a murder. But some of them. So one is the offender was previously convicted of at least two drug offences, which is not surprising to me in any way, but so obviously racist basically is what that is. It's just... If you consider who gets arrested and imprisoned for drug offences and who gets let off with a warning, saying if you have two drug offences, and drug offences is like you're 15 and you had some weed on you. Yeah, totally. And during the war on drugs, I mean, yeah. It's just like... And even it's after. outrageous. So it's like, and I mean, obviously we haven't done the research to like competently and sensitively do a whole thing about like yeah. the, the the imbalance there is like insane and that's a whole different... I think that even though like we're not now talking about a white woman, that is like really important to remember that it's like part of the reason why this thing is so fucked is that it's racist. Like it's inherently racist. It's not just like, it, it's not just institutionally racist. Like it's racist by design. There's a website that um, I think it's deathpenaltyworldwide.org which was linked to I Watch This Democracy Now thing about that campaign to, you know, to ban the death penalty. And I think they were linking to this website, deathpenaltyworldwide.org or deathpenaltyproject.org. And so I'm sure there's like further, you know, researched information on those websites. Yeah. So the reason why, apart from that being obviously horrific, um, the reason I bring that up is because on this list of things that make something a capital crime, one of them is kidnapping that results in murder. So they tried to argue that because under federal law, the baby was not considered a person until it's removed from the mother's womb because she died before the baby like attained legal personhood. The kidnapping of a person is not the cause of her death. Because they happen at different times, which obviously, like, did not fly, because... Yeah. And one of the other things on that list is to commit an offence in an especially heinous or depraved manner, which is obviously very open to interpretation. Yes, completely. Which means that, like, in cases like this, because it is disgusting, you know, like, it, it's grim, then that is more disgusting than, like, just shooting someone. Yeah. Even though, like, the same result happens is that someone dies. Yeah, yeah. So there's something to do with, like, our feelings about a murder allow it to be classed as a capital crime yeah so i thought i just i just thought that was interesting yeah yeah totally yeah so i mean i think as is obvious like she should never have ended up on death row and this campaign that's going on she is one of the five federal death row inmates who trump is trying to to kill before he goes out of office. There had been almost no executions for quite a few years. There's been very few. And also, if this execution goes forward, she's going to be the first federal inmate to be executed in 70 years. First federal uh, female inmate. Yes. There are human rights lawyers, including someone based at Cornell, who who are trying to stop this from happening. She was due to be executed on the 8th of December. However, uh, due to the pandemic, it's been pushed back to the 12th of January. Her lawyer has said that her mental state has has got so much worse because of this. And, you know, things like hugely traumatised about men, the fact that she's been moved from male prison for execution, the fact that she's had her underwear taken away, which is apparently something that happens when you're on death row why i don't know i don't know why but you know just for someone who's already intensely traumatized that's just so like dehumanizing yeah i mean they were you know they were quite rightly describing it as torture yeah Um, so yeah four of the people who are set to die i believe actually some of these have now been executed a black man and the other is lethal montgomery a severely mentally ill white woman so on december 10th uh brandon bernard was executed who 
when he was 18 years old, uh, was allegedly an accomplice to the murder of a young white couple. I'm just reading this out verbatim now. During his trial, his attorneys did not make opening statements or the penalty stage they called no witnesses. Of the 12 jury lawyers, all but one was white. Now five of the jurors say they think Bernard should not be executed. God. Alfred Bourgeois, another black man, has also now been executed on the 11th of December. Uh, Lisa Montgomery was scheduled to be executed on the 12th of January. On the 14th of January, Corey Johnson, another black man, is set to be put to death. According to his attorneys, he has an IQ of 69, which means he's below the standard of the Supreme Court, used to determine if an execution would be cruel and an unusual punishment. And on January 15th, the federal government is expected to execute Dustin Higgs, another black man who was sentenced to die for his role in the murder of three women, even though he did not kill them under the so-called law of parties theory. But yeah, two of these five people have already been killed. There's a really interesting Democracy Now! edition, which I would recommend watching if this is something that you want to learn more about, called The the Lame Dunk Executioner Trump Prepares to Execute Five Prisoners in the Closing Days of Presidency uh, from the 30th of November. There's both a transcript and interviews, uh, and I believe that there are sort of petitions as well to save the three people who are still alive so yeah I think when we decided to cover Lisa Montgomery we didn't realize how pressing a story this is uh yeah and sort of I I was kind of like oh I don't know whether we should do this because it's happening now but I think what I've realized is that it's something that needs to be talked about because it's so so pressing I mean obviously no one should be on death row but the fact that sort of Trump is trying to rush these three to make a point seems kind of particularly heinous yeah. Especially at a time when legal teams are struggling so much because they can't make visits or anything like that. Like It's just so grim. It's horrible, basically. Yeah. It's what I have to say in conclusion to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would really recommend this Democracy Now! episode. Have you already said that basically there's no more appeals left for Lisa Montgomery, but her legal team are putting forward a clemency petition? Okay. To Trump, basically, to, to reduce her sentence to life without parole. If that gets granted, then she won't. Yeah, because also, you know, they're not asking for her to be like released or anything. They're just saying she shouldn't be killed, basically. Yeah. So there's a, a campaign that's called Tell President Trump to Stop the Execution of Lisa Montgomery. And there seems to be quite a lot of information about all of this at deathpenaltyworldwide.org, which I think I mentioned before. Yeah. One thing that was in my notes that I didn't say was that at least 12 other women have committed similar crimes in the past 20 years, but Montgomery is yeah. the only one sentenced to death and yes. usually the reason why the other ones are not sentenced to death is because they are believed to be mentally unwell that's really interesting yeah so basically death penalty fucking sucks yeah <laughs> and it shouldn't happen do you have any yeah any podcast recommendations before we go oh we should talk about death i uh, thought you said death Dennis. Yeah. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was really good it's a true crime drama it's about when dennis D- nielsen gets caught and so there's yeah, nothing yeah. you don't see anyone get murdered. The focus is just on like interrogation and on him being really quite boring. And I think they do quite a good job of like, even though he's played by David Tennant, who is obviously way too hot, I think they do a fairly good job of making it like, oh, this isn't like, oh, he's so smart. Oh, he's like thinking in circles around all the cops, blah, blah, blah. They don't really do that. He's just very annoying, really, and thinks yeah, he's, he's very really smart. annoying. Yeah. yeah, because it's that's the thing, because when you make someone like really evil in a sort of Hannibal Lecter way, then that's quite sexy and fun. But yeah. this isn't really sexy and fun. It's just like, fuck off. Yeah, he's just very annoying. At the end of every episode, I was like, I feel genuinely really, really sad. In a way that actually, like, weirdly, because obviously it's about real people dying, but often stuff that is, like, true crime, it doesn't make me feel that. It makes me feel like, yeah. oh, I really hope they catch the murderer. Like, that's often the thing they want me to feel, and not like, oh, this is deeply tragic. But a thing that I really didn't like about it was that so much of it was about the cops. Yeah. There was a, a person who had been assaulted by... Dennis Nielsen previously yeah. who had reported it to the police and then because the police were like oh no it's like just some gay thing like don't yeah. worry about it and um, they hadn't investigated and then Dennis Nielsen went on to kill loads of people after that so they're like you know responsible and then when the main cop is it Danny Mays did Danny yeah. Mays play the lead cop I think so. yeah who I like I think he's a very he's good a very actor. good actor but there's a bit where he where he finds out that this thing has happened and he's like oh he's yeah. like gutted 
And I'm just like, what fucking 80s cop? He's like, oh, I'm so sad about all the homophobia in my department. I had no idea that that had happened. Oh, no. Like, that really fucked me off. Yeah. Like, it's not... They, that's not news yeah. to anyone. Let's not pretend that. Yeah. Let's not pretend that there's this one hero going against his horrible, corrupt department. It's like, no, they were all fucking cunts. But that said, I did think it was pretty good. And like, a friend of mine was kind of annoyed they didn't have more action. But actually, for me, you know, feeling so jaded by so much of this, like, overly action-heavy, really shitty true crime, I'm like, actually there for that i don't really mind i think that Um, was its greatest strength to be honest yeah and that was obviously like a pretty obvious narrative decision like and i guess being in a place where i'm sort of like one psychological content even if it's quite trashy psychological content i for aesthetics at the moment seems to be one vibe i mean ideally i wanted to look good and be visually interesting too Mm. but like something like nurse ratchet or american horror story i just cannot watch i just find it unwatchable it's too stylized now um i have a very specific episode of a podcast an episode of in our time oh which i recommended to you i think or like, yeah you recommended or, uh, yeah. that i listen to in our time because i can't sleep so i like to in our to- time with melvin bragg yes and there's an episode about the evolution of horses nice. which is incredible it's really really good i don't necessarily recommend that pos- podcast like as a whole some of them um, it's very like a bunch of people who are professors at like UCL and like Oxbridge who come together to talk about like Egypt and like the Incas and there's like never like everyone's white all the time. So I think sometimes like the history ones and stuff, I'm kind of like, uh. but the one about horse revolution is very good. Do you yeah. have a podcast that you want to recommend? I was just looking. I don't know if I've listened to anything new. I don't think I have, uh, but I've been watching The Chase a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I would recommend The Chase. Oh, I've been listening to one called A Question of Code, which because I'm thinking about learning coding. Mm-hmm. And I was interested in how you can get a job in coding without paying to attend a boot camp because I know it can be done, but there are certain stages that I was quite unsure about. And this podcast is interesting because the premise is it's someone who is working in coding as someone who, when the podcast starts, is a teacher who has been learning coding in his spare time and is going to start applying for jobs. I think, I listened to a recent episode, I think now he is working in coding. It's quite specific, but if you know a tiny bit about code, but also there's a lot you don't know, and are potentially considering it as a career, and have some questions, and don't really have access to that many people you can talk to about it, I would really recommend it. So yeah, that's uh, probably the only new podcast I've been listening to recently. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, like, lots of, like, people with strong opinions about Python, which <laughs> is sort of a thing in my life now. But, but yeah, it's good. I also, um, it recommended some really good, because there's a lot of, like, free and cheap courses online, and it can be a bit overwhelming. And it's good for, like, thinking about which of those to do, because it can be, like, okay, this is free, but, like, which of these free courses do I dedicate, like, you know, 100 hours to? Because, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'd recommend that, a question of code. Can I do a plug? Yes. So my friends are, they're setting up Queer Yiddish Pay What You Can Anarchist Cafe in Glasgow, which is very, very exciting. They have a Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash pinkpeacock, all in one word, because they're like doing up the space. So hopefully you'll see a little video of me like painting a wall or something in my cute little like Luigi trousers. And they're going to post loads of like cool setting up the space and like events and like just loads of other stuff. And I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be exciting. But also like if you, if you can't afford to and you want to like see that kind of space happen in real life, you should like join it. Because, and it's like from like three quid or whatever. Oh, I was going to say, I donated some tea towels that I bought for, for Lynette Space merch. Yay! All I want is just like to be in a physical space with people Terrible. who like have... I don't know who get it and also I think it's really important like to because it's free it's pay what you can so we can be free yeah. and I think especially yeah. Govan Hill the area that we live in it's really important to be like food is available to people for free and I just think it's really great and important it's gonna be really fun maybe maybe they'll host my orgy yeah I was gonna say put on some put on out. some gigs put in an orgy it'll be great yeah um but yeah I just wanted to do a little little plug 
so we also have a patreon obviously again no pressure uh, i know we're not putting out loads at the moment i'm sure at some point we will increase the frequency but i guess things are just a bit all over the place right now we are still making enough money to cover our hosting fees which is really good uh, so if you do want to drop any money in it's patreon.com which is p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash ladykillerspod uh, we also love to hear from you, so you can email us ladykillerspod at gmail.com. We're ladykillerspod on Twitter and also on Facebook, if you still use Facebook. <laughs> I feel like since events no longer exist, I feel like people are going to move more and more away from Facebook, which is interesting that maybe the pandemic will kill it off or leave it to the boomers or whatever. But yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, yeah, oh, it's be fun and happy Christmas and New Year and everything else. We will see you in 2021, when, which will hopefully better be better than 2020. I know people are like, oh, don't say 2020 is bad. The world is always bad. It's always... I mean, it has been like, yeah. pretty bad. And yeah, okay, the pandemic has shown up, like, all the shitty stuff that we already knew was there. But, like, I think you can be like, I wish there wasn't a pandemic. Like, I think, yeah. like, I think anyone that's is fine. like, you can't, it's like, a oh, fuck off. Like, allow it, you know, like... Allow I would it. very much like there to not to be a pandemic. Yeah, me too. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening. Yeah, that was just one thing I'm annoyed about, which I haven't had a platform for because I'm trying to tweet less. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. Yeah, see you soon. And, oh, uh, if anyone wants to come and visit my Animal Crossing island, I've got two snowboys that I made, so send me a message. My Twitter is cryborg, C-R-Y-B-O-R-G-G. My Instagram is Crybog Manifesto. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do that. Okay, bye. 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 bye.